Welcome to the Voice of the Resistance with Doc Washburn. We are the show that pushes back against the Uniparty and lets you in on the news that traditional talk radio is afraid to talk about. The Doc Washburn Show podcast is available for download at all your favorite podcast platforms. You can email us at contact at docwashburnshow.com. This is episode 173 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. It's Tuesday, June 14th, 2022. You know, they lie about everything, don't they? Details coming up. Just so you understand where I'm coming from, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. More evidence comes out all the time that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. Also, it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We are unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com, and click on the button that says Become a Patron. Okay, we have a lot of audio to get to today. But before we do that, I have to remind you or ask you if you remember. Last year my listeners in Arkansas, and even I think a lot of listeners outside Arkansas, the governor of Arkansas, Asa Hutchinson, rhino in chief, vetoed a bill called the SAFE Act, Save Adolescents from Experimentation. The bill would have outlawed castrating children. And Asa Hutchinson vetoed the bill it was overwhelmingly overridden by almost every Republican in the Arkansas State Legislature. But he vetoed the bill, went on Tucker Carlson's show on Fox News, lied about Walmart influencing him to veto it. Tucker proved he was lying. And he told Tucker that he vetoed it because medical experts told him that children with gender dysphoria needed to transition their gender. There's a, there was a a threat of increased suicides if they didn't. It would be wrong not to allow this procedure to go through, to be gone through by prepubescent children. All right. Tucker presented evidence to the contrary. Asa didn't care. J.P. Green now. New study that just came out yesterday. J.P. Green, Senior Research Fellow, Center for Education Policy, at the Heritage Foundation. He says, My new study released today by Heritage finds that easing access to puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones has actually increased youth suicide rates, contrary to the claims of the Biden administration, advocates, and flawed prior research. The new study examines a natural policy experiment that occurred because some states have provisions allowing minors to receive health care without parental consent, at least under some circumstances, while other states do not. The use of puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones to treat what is now called gender dysphoria was developed in the Netherlands around 1990, but did not make it into the U.S. until around 2010, before really taking off around 2015. The introduction of puberty blockers around 2010 and the acceleration 
of these interventions around 2015 is confirmed by examining Google Trend data for the terms puberty blockers, transgender, gender dysphoria, and gender identity disorder. Comparing youth suicide rates in states where it is easier for minors to access puberty blockers and hormones to those in states where it is harder shows no difference before 2010, prior to when those interventions were introduced. After 2010, however, youth suicide rates increased in states where it was easier for minors to access puberty blockers and hormones relative to states where it was harder with a dramatic spike up after 2015. By 2020, there were 1.6 more suicides per 100,000 young people in states with easier access relative to states with harder access. Given that the state average is 11.1, this represents a 14% increase in youth suicides. Importantly, the increase in suicide rates is not replicated if we look at a slightly older group, say ages 28 through 39, who should be unaffected by state policies regarding minor access, given that all given that all would have been at least 18 in 2010. Observing a dramatic increase in suicide rates where puberty blockers and hormones are more easily available. When those interventions become widely available and only among those who would be affected provides strong evidence that the increase is caused by the interventions. By contrast, prior studies claiming that puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones are protective against suicide do not have a causal research design. There are also only a handful of these studies, and they have been poorly executed. These studies use surveys of convenience samples that are not representative of young people with gender dysphoria, comparing those who sought and received cross-sex interventions to those who sought but did not receive them. The reasons some people sought but did not get puberty blockers or hormones are strongly related to their later outcomes biasing the comparison. For example, people are not supposed to get the treatments if they are not psychologically stable, which is related to later suicide ideation. These studies do not have information on and cannot control for the psychological condition of the subjects when they sought treatments. Finding that people with more severe psychological issues, when they sought treatment, also have it later does not prove benefit of drugs. Our new study has a more convincing causal research design and finds elevated suicide risks associated with easier access to puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones. Given the suicide risks associated with easing access to puberty blockers and hormones, Minors should never get these drugs without parental consent and eligibility criteria and minimum age requirements should be tightened. Well, I'll go further than that. They should never have access in the first place, regardless of 
parental consent. Too many instances like the, uh, the story on Fox News presented by reporter Brian Yenis last Friday and introduced by, uh, by Dana last Friday. It's a uh, classic example of child abuse. The parents, the parents were convinced their little girl was a boy before she could even talk. You know what I'm saying? Dana Perino presented like, oh, it's a great thing. It's a great thing. Brian Yenis presented like he was on CNN or MSNBC. Doing the propaganda. So I had to get that out of the way before we go on because the governor of Arkansas should have been hounded out of the Republican Party for promoting this child abuse. And I shocked people when I was running for governor, and I won a lot of people over who were supporting my opponent, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, by saying, look, this guy is in favor of this immutable, this irreversible child abuse, and Sarah Huckabee Sanders says he's been doing a good job. And I won a lot of her supporters over for that. Why didn't you win enough over to... Get the nomination for governor, Doc. Well, takes money. We didn't have any, but we did what we could. We did what we could. Our number one priority was to glorify God, and we did that. We did that. So I just uh, thought you should know what the evidence is. Aza Hutchins doesn't care. He's too busy trying to figure out how to run for governor. I mean, run for president. He's already governor and wrapping up his second term in a few months. But it's outrageous, and it is child abuse, and it doesn't matter what Fox News says. Doesn't matter what Fox News says. All right, now we've got... um, We got breaking news from Radar Online. It's worse than anyone knows. Hunter Biden obtained second illegal firearm during gun-toting breakdown. I won't call the occupant of the Oval Office president. Never have, never will. Not this guy because they stole it. Dementia Joe's disastrous spawn obtained a second illegal firearm. Radar Online has exclusively learned. With mainstream media silent on the scandal plaguing the first family, it's emerged Hunter Biden, the supposed first son of Slosh, was caught on camera recklessly brandishing a semi-automatic or automatic handgun and not a thirty-eight caliber revolver, which we first reported. He obtained through lies. Joseph R. Gutines, who studied the photos Radar Online obtained, said, 
looks like he has another gun in his possession. In a development that makes the scandal even worse in a debate over gun control, pardon me, in a development that makes the scandal even worse amid a debate over gun control, Hunter Biden could now face a second illegal gun charge if he lied on the federal background check form to obtain the weapon. Mr. Kudines told RadarOnline.com if he filed two different forms, that's two, two different crimes. If he was not legally permitted to own the thirty-eight caliber revolver and lied on the background form failing to declare drug abuse, he wouldn't be allowed to own the second gun. The former Army intelligence officer added he has to give truthful statements and he could have given multiple untruthful statements which would mean he could face multiple charges, one for each false statement. In a second sensational development, Delaware State Police refused to tell RadarOnline.com if it was investigating the crime which was which showed a junk-grabbing hunter waving the handgun alongside a hooker and with a paper plate filled, littered with remnants of what appeared to be crack cocaine. Senior Corporal Leonard DeMalto, Delaware State Police, when questioned via email, said, we simply have no comment and nothing further to provide. In 2018, the Delaware State Police and the U.S. Secret Service whitewashed an investigation into Hunter Biden after the out-of-control addict admitted he purchased a 38 caliber revolver in Delaware. He had lied to the staff of the gun shop to obtain the weapon. Hunter Biden answered no on a firearm transaction report that required him to answer whether he was an unlawful user of or addicted to marijuana or any depressant, stimulant, narcotic drug, or any other controlled substance. Eleven days after Hunter purchased the thirty-eight, his girlfriend, Hallie, the widow of his late brother, Bo Biden, threw the gun into a supermarket garbage can in a move that triggered a Secret Service FBI and Delaware cop investigation. Garbage can was right across the street from a high school. Remarkably, nobody was ever charged or arrested. Hunter Biden, who was discharged from the U.S. Navy Reserve 2014 after he tested positive for cocaine, could face up to five years in prison for each time he lied on the federal background check. Mr. Gutheins, who was also a former special agent for the U.S. Department of Transportation Office of Inspector General and FAA, a and FAA Civil Aviation Security said the photographs obtained by RadarOnline.com are the smoking gun that could land Hunter Biden in the slammer. Well, yeah, maybe if he didn't have the last name Biden. Gudine said the bottom line is looking at this gun and knowing the history, knowing his history, if the feds ever came to his house, They're not just interested now in the gun that the girlfriend threw away. They're going to ask, what about the other gun that we see you with in this naked picture that you are proudly showing? It's a logical question that law enforcement should ask. Yeah, but they're not going to. But they're not going to. No. By the way, a new video out. New audio out, Hunter Biden bragging about 
the control he has over his dear old dad. She's going to talk about Trump for me, any other things I want him to. She'll talk about um, anything that I want him to that he believes in. If I say this is important to me, then she will work a way in which to make it a part of his of his platform. My dad respects me more than he respects anyone in the world, and I know that to be certain. So whenever uh, you post stuff about Hunter Biden, the liberals say, well, he's not in office. He's not elected. He's not running for anything. Remind them. He's bragging he controls his dad. And, you know, the way they're both compromised, blackmailed by China, Russia, Iran, who knows who. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. Let's check in with White House Press Secretary, the hapless, Karine Jean-Pierre. What's up? I have two questions on baby formula. So first, um, what is the White House, what is the latest update the White House has received on the current infant formula situation across the country? Yeah, let me see if I have anything new for you on that. Um, yeah. I think it's been a couple of days since we have asked, been asked that question. Waiting. Waiting. What you got? Waiting. Okay. I don't have anything new. I know we made some announcements last week. Uh, I I just don't have them in front of me. Doesn't know, doesn't care, just gets paid to lie. Speaking of somebody just getting paid to lie, Joe Biden earlier today speaking to the AFL-CIO. An economy that works for working people. And I promise you, I'm going to keep fighting for you. Are you prepared to fight with me? Well, let's build it together. Let's continue to give working families a fighting chance. Face our challenges head on. And let's keep building a better America because we can do it. God bless you all. You wonder sometimes. You wonder sometimes, where are these people? When, when it says, uh, you know, Biden's favorability rating is down to 34% or 32% or however low it has sunk. And people are like, well, who could possibly still be in favor of him? You know? Who could possibly still be in favor of him? Knuckleheads like the folks at the AFL-CIO. That's who. That's who. People like this who uh, don't have a clue. Don't have a clue. Oh, but there's more. There's more. Biden was, he was on a roll today because he was uh, in front of a friendly audience. I don't want to hear any more of these lies about reckless spending. We're changing people's lives. Oh, you are. Really? 
You're changing people's lives, all right. People are going, well, gee, I don't know. Um, I can't afford to buy groceries and gas, and i got to go to work. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Outrageous. Here's more. It's sapping the strength of a lot of families. I grew up in a household not far from here, Claymont and Wilmington, where the price of a gallon of gasoline went up was a conversation at the dinner table. It mattered. It didn't go up. When you were a kid, growing up in the 50s, the gas price didn't go up, but you lie for a living. You wouldn't know the truth if it bit you on the elbow. It mattered to my working family. It Keep lying. It mattered if the price of food went up. It didn't go up in the 50s. You're lying. The problem is Republicans in Congress are doing everything they can to stop my plans to bring down costs for unordinary families. You got the White House control of both houses of Congress. Keep lying. That's why my plan is not finished and why the results aren't finished either. Jobs are back, but prices are still too high. It's your fault, bro. You promised before you got elected you are going to destroy the oil and gas industry. And you're doing it. You're doing it. Why, why are the gas prices so high, Dementia Joe? The average price of gas nationally today hit $5 a gallon for the first time. What's your message to the American people, especially as we head into the summer months? Well, we're really struggling with this. This is it's outrageous what the war in Ukraine is causing. And we're trying very hard to make sure that we can... We've significantly increased the number of, of barrels of oil that are being pumped out of the, the reserve we have. We've got 240,000 barrels as well coming out, uh, uh, from other nations. We're going to keep pushing on it. It's going to keep pushing. But you're not going to allow drilling for oil here in the U.S. Again. Again, the idea that gas and oil and diesel for truckers becomes too expensive for us to afford, that's a feature, not a bug, for Biden and his merry band, you know? That's a feature, not a bug. Uh, White House National Climate Advisor, Gina McCarthy. Like, we can do anything to change the climate. These idiots. And so the challenge is now that we're moving from denial to actually just trying to to disengage the public from understanding the values of solar energy, the values of wind energy, the benefits of clean energy. We have to get tighter. We have to get better at communicating. And frankly, the tech companies have to stop allowing specific individuals over and over again to spread disinformation. That 
that's what the fossil fuel companies pay for. That's what folks who make money out of fossil fuels and don't make money and, and, and don't care about saving consumers' costs. That's what they do. We have to be smarter than that, and we need the tech companies to really jump in. So, censor free speech. Censor people who disagree with you. And that is crucial. That is critical because this whole climate change thing, there's no evidence for it. The idea that mankind can do something about the climate, the climate's been changing for thousands of years. It used to be called global warming. But then when the uh, evidence came out that for decades the earth had been cooling, they said, ooh, 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 ooh. We can't call it global warming anymore. We'll call it climate change. That's just a catch-all. And so the little girl, I say little girl, she's pushing 30. Alexi McCammon, reporter for Axios, is sitting there just nodding her head yes at everything this demagogue, this propagandist says. Why? Because they're on the same team. They're on the same team team now speaking of being on the same team it is a shock when a democrat white house loses a lackey like don lemon on cnn grab a hold of something you're not going to see this very often does the president have the stamina, physically and mentally, do you think, to continue on even after 2024? Don, you're asking me this question. Oh, my gosh. He's the president of the United States. You know, it, he. I can't even keep up with him. We just got back from New Mexico. We just got back um, from California. Uh, that is I, 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 that is not a question that we should be even asking. Just look at the work that he does. Look what he's how he's delivering uh, for the American public. Look, that. Delivering highest gas prices ever. Inflation up higher than it's been in 70 years. Notice she's not answering the question. That 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 article that we're talking about is hearsay. It's salacious. That's not what we care about. We care about how are we going to deliver for the American people. How are we going to make their lives better? That's what the president talks about. That is his focus, uh, and that's where we're going to continue uh, to to focus on. Yeah, she's not going to answer that question. Just absolutely, positively. Got to deflect. Got to deflect. Would you be shocked if I told you that he asked her another tough question? Would that shock you? Because he did. I know, I know, I was... I was shocked, too. Don Lemon, CNN, actually asked White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre, who has the job for one reason, one reason only, because she checks off all the boxes, black, lesbian, etc. 
asks her another difficult question. And that's coming up momentarily. In the meantime, thank you so much to our advertisers for making it possible for us to do what we do here every day. If you try to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage, you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website to put you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry, Red River experts are still here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button that says Explore Payment Options on it. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions and then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences, and all the math happens automatically so you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom, the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live, RedRiverYourWay.com. You will be glad you did. We talk a lot about pushing back against the overreach of the federal government. What better example would there be than Obamacare? Are you like most Americans? Did Obamacare, the so-called Affordable Care Act, make your health care more expensive? Does your health insurance premium feel like a second mortgage? Does your sky-high deductible prevent you from going to the doctor? Do your sky-high co-pays keep you from going to the doctor? If you answered yes to any of these questions... You need to go to a website called MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. When you click on MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, you see the big, bold letters, Affordable Plans. Save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no co-pays. And then that big, beautiful red button that says Schedule Call Now. You click on the red button. You book a free consultation with my friend, Art Wilborn. He makes sure there are no gaps in your coverage, and he also makes sure that your personalized health coverage gives you a plan that doesn't force you to cover things like abortion, horrible things which would deeply offend your deeply held religious beliefs. MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. Affordable plans. Save 30 to 50% on premiums. Personalized health coverage. Low to no deductible. No co-pays. Click the big red button, schedule a call now, book a free consultation with Art Wilborn. He makes sure there are no gaps in your coverage. Save money on your insurance at MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. All right, let me ask you this. Does your financial advisor take the time to listen and get to know you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situations change? When you work with Jonathan Presswood... He focuses on what's important to you. He uses an established process to help you achieve your unique goals, whether that's preparing for retirement, making your money last in retirement, planning your estate or inheritance, preparing for the unexpected, or anything else. 
Jonathan Presswood can help. Now, what should you do if you leave a job and have a 401k or other retirement plan? Or if you're getting close to retirement or already in retirement? Call my friend, Jonathan Presswood, today. He'll help you create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And he'll partner together with you to help your strategy stay on track no matter what life throws at you. Listen, we can all dream of having a perfect retirement, but how many of us will actually experience it? No matter where you are today, Jonathan Presswood is offering a free retirement analysis to figure out where you'd like to be and what it will take to get you there, and there's no obligation. Contact Jonathan Presswood, a financial advisor with Edward Jones Investments, today at 501-303-4844. Again, that's 501-303-4844. Don't wait. Call Jonathan Presswood today at 501-303-4844. Now, if you're like me, you can't remember phone numbers, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com. Just click on the link to Jonathan Presswood at Edward Jones. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Thanks so much to our friends and advertisers, Jonathan Presswood at Edward Jones. Art Wilborn at MyFamilyHealthPlan.com and Mitch Ward at Red River Your Way. We appreciate y'all. Appreciate you allowing us to do what we try to do here every day. All right, Don Lemon. CNN's Don Lemon actually challenges the White House press secretary on the economy, of all things. The economists do cite the war in Ukraine and supply chain issues. We did have that before the war, supply chain issues. They also say that last year's stimulus package, which you mentioned, contributed to inflation, Kareem. Does the Biden administration bear some responsibility for this? So, first of all, um, it, the American Rescue Plan met the moment, and it has put us in a place where we can actually uh, uh, put us in a place where the American people feel... Can, can, can actually, we can take on inflation. What I mean by that is... She's rambling. She doesn't know how to speak. We've seen growth, right, with, as I mentioned, more than 8 million jobs. And now we're transitioning into a steady, a stable growth. The president actually wrote an op-ed to discuss that himself, lay out his plan on how we're going to bring down inflation. And so that's really important. In order uh, to take this on, we got to have some, uh, be in a good historic economic place, which is where we are right now. She gets paid to lie. She gets paid to lie. That's that's what this is all about. And if you lose Don Lemon over at CNN, uh, that's kind of rough. That's kind of rough. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you may be aware that The United States Congress is trying to pass red flag laws. And they'll tell you, oh, no, we're not trying to pass red flag laws. We're just trying to pass a law to give a lot of money to states who want to do red flag laws. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. See, that's that's entirely different. Oh, okay, I was born yesterday, sure. Well, one big problem with this is that the United States, pardon me, the United States Supreme Court 
found red flag laws to be unconstitutional just last year. And in case you're thinking, well, was it five to four, the conservatives against the liberals? No, no. It was nine to nothing. What? 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 Nine to nothing? In our polarized society, how, 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 how could the U.S. Supreme Court agree on anything with each other? Nine to nothing. You know, I got to tell you something. Uh, a few years back, there was a guy named John Fund, brilliant, a brilliant author and columnist. He wrote for the Wall Street Journal for 20 years, and uh, he came to the, uh, the city that I was doing talk radio in, Little Rock, Arkansas, and he gave a speech. I think it was to the Federalist Society in Little Rock, Arkansas. And he said, a lot of people don't realize this. But every year, there are a number of nine-to-nothing Supreme Court decisions. And we're sitting there like, what? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Including, like, uh, Elena Kagan and the wise Latina, Sonia Sotomayor, will join with the other seven, nine-to-nothing, striking down something the Obama administration does. So, like, the justices Obama appointed overrule his administration on a regular basis. Yep, sure enough, sure enough, it happens. Seems like the mainstream media doesn't want you to know about it. Sometimes I wonder about the conservative media, whether they want you to know about it. Because if it's a shock to you, and you don't follow the mainstream media... Why, didn't the, why doesn't the conservative media tell you about it? Well, I'm trying. To the extent that I'm, a, I don't know, a barnacle on the hull of, a, of, of the ship that we call conservative media, I'm trying to get the word out to you. June 16, 2021. Landon Hooley over at the Libertas Institute, has the story Supreme Court ruling delegitimizes red flag laws, and it's not very long. Feeling irrationally angry after an argument with his wife in 2015, the police recalled on firearms owner Edward Coniglia to perform a welfare check. He agreed to undergo a psychiatric evaluation at the hospital to determine suicidality on the condition that police not confiscate his guns. Upon returning home, however, Coniglia found police had unconditionally searched, pardon me, had unconstitutionally searched the house and seized his firearms. For the first time in 13 years, Supreme Court upheld both privacy and gun rights, this time unanimously. Coniglia versus Strom's nine-to-nothing decision has the potential to create Lasting effects, lasting effects, and set precedent as powerful as was D.C. versus Heller in 2008. Incredibly, after Coniglia sued the officers, the first district court ruled in favor of the police officers and incorrectly claimed the seizure was justified under a community caretaking exception to the Fourth Amendment. In essence, the district court tried to equate the police stopping to help a disabled vehicle 
on the side of the road to an illegal search of a private residence. Coniglia appealed his case until it was received by the U.S. Supreme Court in 2021. Justice Thomas succinctly expressed the majority opinion of all nine justices that such an overt violation of the Fourth Amendment was obviously unconstitutional. The Supreme Court rightly protected the sanctity of the home on May 17th's landmark decision, May 17, 2021. The First District Court's inadequately reasoned caretaking exception is an example of a ruse often used by the state when individual rights prevent it from getting what it wants. This reaffirmation of both privacy and Second Amendment rights should give pause to advocates of red flag laws posing as Defenders of public safety, red flag laws bypass the Second and Fourth Amendments while simultaneously abolishing due process. Libertas Institute consistently defends both Second and Fourth Amendment rights and has previously fought against red flag laws, which have been proposed in Utah as recently as 2020. That's where this guy lives. The guy writing the article lives. I don't know where the guy, Coniglia, lives. So that's messed up. Because... One of the first rules of journalism is who, what, when, why, and how. So in other words, where was this guy? You know? Where was he? He was in Rhode Island. That should have been in the article. I had to click on the link to the actual Supreme Court decision. Know what I'm saying? No dissents. No dissents. Kavanaugh concurred. Alito concurred. Justice Roberts and uh, Justice Breyer concurred together. No dissents. Justice Thomas delivered the uh, opinion of the court. Rhode Island. See, police, most of them do a great job, but they're they're not required to, uh, to always tell you the truth. So they made a deal. Yeah, well, you go talk to the psych. We're not going to take your guns. And then they did. Well, red flag law. Okay. U.S. Supreme Court says um, that's unconstitutional. Unconstitutional. All right, now. So what is the uh, U.S. Congress even trying to do? Know what I'm saying? What are they even trying to do? For that matter, what is Nancy Pelosi's sham January 6th committee trying to do. All right, who remembers when Ted Cruz, senator, junior senator from Texas, tried to hold the FBI accountable? Over five months ago, January 11th of this year, Senator Cruz pressured FBI Executive Assistant Director of the National Security Branch, Jill Sanborn, about the involvement of 
FBI agents or confidential informants in the events that occurred on January 6, 2021. Guess what? That's something that Pelosi's committee doesn't want to know about and doesn't want you to know about. Well, they might know it, but then I got to ask it publicly. Then I got to tell you. Here's Ted Cruz just grilling the FBI. I want to turn to the FBI. How many FBI agents or confidential informants actively participated in the events of January 6th? Sir, I'm sure you can appreciate that I can't go into the specifics of sources and methods. Uh, Did any FBI agents or confidential informants actively participate in the events of January 6th? Yes or no? Sir, I can't, I can't answer that. Did any FBI agents or confidential informants commit crimes of violence on January 6th? I can't answer that, sir. Wow. Did any FBI agents or informants commit crimes of violence on January 6, 2021? I can't answer that. Now, again, who is Cruz talking to here? Jill Sanborn, FBI Executive Assistant Director of the National Security Branch. So you got FBI agents out there breaking the law violently. January 6, 2021. Pelosi's commission, they, they're never, never going to get into any of this. It's all about trying to lay the groundwork work to indict Trump. I'll get to that in a minute. Did any FBI agents or FBI informants actively encourage and incite crimes of violence on January 6th? Sir, I can't answer that. Ms. Sadburn, Ms. who is Ray Epps? Epps. I'm aware of the individual, sir. Uh, I don't have the specific background to him. Well, there are a lot of people who are understandably very concerned about Mr. Epps. On the night of January 5th, 2021, Epps wandered around the crowd that had gathered. And there's video out there of him chanting, tomorrow, we need to get into the Capitol, into the Capitol. This was strange behavior, so strange that the crowd began chanting, Fed, 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 Fed. Ms. Sandburn, was Ray Epps a Fed? Sir, I cannot answer that question. The next day. The next day. On January 6th, Mr. Epps is seen whispering to a person, and five seconds later, five seconds after he's whispering to a person, that same person begins to forcibly tear down the barricades. Did Mr. Epps urge them to tear down the barricades? Sir, similar to the other answers, I cannot answer that. And you know why. You know why. It wasn't an insurrection. It was a fence-erection. Got it? It's uh, a setup. It's a setup. So, Julie Kelly over in American Greatness, very concerned. Very concerned that um, the January 6th committee is also set up to try to help the Justice Department indict Donald Trump on criminal charges. Here is Attorney General 
in the United States, Mayor Garland. I am uh, watching and I will be watching all the hearings, although I may not be able to watch all of it live, but I'll be sure that I'll be watching all of it. And I can assure you that uh, the January 6th prosecutors are watching all the hearings as well. So Julie Kelly responded to this on Twitter saying, absolutely stunning that the corporate media finds no conflict here or recognizes how much his comments further poison an already heavily biased jury pool in Washington, D.C. These defendants already have no shot of a fair trial, but these ghouls keep piling on. Wow. That's uh, strong. She was on Newsmax with uh, Greg Kelly last night talking about the January 6th committee and something like this. What do you think of these hearings so far? I think you're exactly right. They are show trials. I think most of the American people can see right through that. But look, Greg, we can see how destructive both this committee exercise and what the Justice Department is doing to, say, people like Ryan Kelly. What he just described has been the situation for over 800 Americans who have been arrested and charged mostly with those same misdemeanor charges, nonetheless having their homes raided by the FBI, arrested in front of their family, often with armed agents and SWAT vehicles, pre-dawn raids, uh, handling these people like they're Al-Qaeda members. And this is continuing every single week. And so you see the House Committee working in collaboration with the DOJ, like they did to bring charges against Ryan Kelly 17 months later, like they did Monday to bring seditious conspiracy charges against the Proud Boys a few days before this hearing focused on the Proud Boys. So yes, Stalin would be very proud. Uh, he's nodding his head in agreement with Nancy Pelosi and Merrick Garland and Joe Biden for what they're doing to Americans on the political right. January 6th committee uh, reminds Julie Kelly of Joseph Stalin. Now, she mentioned Ryan Kelly, one of the January 6th political prisoners. And we'll get to... Uh, We'll get to him in a moment here. Uh, Greg Kelly, Newsmax, again with Julie Kelly. If you look at this objectively, and I know these are crazy politicians, but you got to see it for what it is. But they're using this hyperbole, the threat to democracy and all that. Do you think it's just to get Trump? Do you think some of them actually believe it? What's happening? I mean, I think what you're seeing, Greg, now between the Justice Department and this committee is trying to justify what I believe will be criminal charges against Donald Trump. So they're trying to build a public political case as much as they are uh, a criminal case in DOJ. And the reason why they focus on the Proud Boys and also the Oath Keepers, these two alleged militia groups, who, by the way, Greg, brought no weapons to the Capitol that day. I don't know how you overthrow government without 
about it. So they're going to try to uh, tie Donald Trump to both of those groups who have been now charged with seditious conspiracy, a rare charge. American has never been convicted of that. Tie that to Donald Trump and charge him with either conspiracy, obstruction of an official proceeding, or both. And I think that that will be the big surprise before the uh, 2022 uh, midterm elections. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. She's really sharp. I hope she's wrong, but she's really sharp. Now, here's a gentleman. I can't find out who it is, but here's a gentleman who does not believe that Pelosi wants indictments coming out of the January 6th commission. And he also has a compelling line of reasoning. I'm going to explain quickly why the January 6th hearing was a joke and them claiming to have enough evidence for an indictment is an even bigger joke. Number one, they don't have the authority to indict. Number two, we've heard this song and dance before. Number three, if they indict, then there will be a defense, which wasn't given during the January 6th hearing. And in that, Nancy will have to provide her emails and phone communication records. She'll have to explain why she didn't call up the National Guard when Trump authorized it days before. She'll have to explain Ray Epps and him calling to storm the Capitol building the day before. She'll have to explain the FBI and their involvement since they wouldn't answer that question to Congress. She'll have to explain how 20,000-pound doors that require a magnetic release and a punched-in code were miraculously open. She'll have to provide all the video footage, which she wouldn't provide before. She'll also have to go against the FBI's investigation and Rachel Maddow's words, where she said, we know it wasn't Trump's rally because it was too far away and it was pre-planned. They don't want an indictment. They just want the news to say they have enough to indict. Kind of like Russia for four years. They know they don't have but they'll say they do i hope he's right i hope he's right um we got a lot more coming up uh january 6th political prisoner ryan kelly the great uh emerald robinson speaks to his wife also also, updates on voter fraud. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot still to talk about here as the Doc Washington Show continues. Let me once again express how thankful we are to our advertisers. I want to mention a couple of them to you. They make it possible for us to do what we do. Like my friend Justin Minton, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton in Benton. Now, Justin's a former insurance adjuster. Who left the insurance industry to become a private lawyer, founded the Minton Law Firm to help injured people fight against powerful insurance companies and corporations. And he has sure helped me out with the three automobile accidents I've been in since 2019. The Minton Law Firm has a great team of lawyers, including the 2016 Trial Lawyer of the Year and the 2016 Outstanding Young Lawyer of the Year. The insurance companies take Justin Minton and his team of lawyers seriously because they know they can and will take your case to trial if need be. So whether you want to go to trial or settle out of court, it's a really good idea to have a knowledgeable trial attorney on your side. Justin's team aims to bring justice to clients who have been injured and need somebody to stand up for them. No matter what the injury, Justin Minton, make sure the Minton Law Firm always works hard for you. Whether you're in a car wreck, hurt on the job, or you or a loved one is suffering from the carelessness of another, if you're in Arkansas... Justin Minton Law, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton and Benton, is here to help you. Just call the Minton Law Firm, 501-943-4195, or visit justinmintonlaw.com today.
I'd like to help you with some health issues. You have migraines, neck pain, back pain, vertigo, acid reflux, eczema, problems with your blood sugar, maybe even hay fever. Okay, let's do a little test. Look in the mirror. Does one eye look bigger than the other? Are your eyes off balance? Are your shoulders off balance? Look at a picture of yourself. Are you tilting your head to the left or the right instead of sitting up or standing up straight? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, you probably need to get your atlas adjusted. That's how I got rid of my migraines, neck pain, and hay fever. Let me explain to you how it works because it's the best-kept secret in American healthcare. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of your body. It can affect your respiratory system, reproductive system, circulatory system, even digestive system. And yes, it can cause migraines, neck pain, back pain, acid reflux, eczema, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar. Do yourself a favor. If you're in Arkansas, call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center 501-279-2009 for a free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted, because you probably do. If you're outside Central Arkansas, go to their website, turnmypoweron.com, and click on Find a Doctor Near You. And I sure hope you can. All right, thanks once again to our friends and advertisers, Drs. J.R. and Tanya Crabtree at the Arkansas Cervical Center. And Justin Minton, not only a friend, but my attorney. And Dr. Crab, the doctors Crabtree are my doctors. Good folks. We appreciate y'all helping make it possible for us to do what we do here. All right. Um, the great Emerald Robinson, she used to be the White House reporter, the White House correspondent. For Newsmax. But they fired her because she was telling the truth about the vaccine. Uh-oh. Yeah. So guess who hired her? A great American patriot, Mike Lindell, hired her. And now she is part of his news operation. And uh, Emerald Robinson has my utmost respect She's a great reporter, and one of the reasons she's a great reporter is because she has integrity. And Mike Lindell also has my utmost respect. They uh, they stand for what's right in our country, and I appreciate them. And Emerald Robinson is doing something that uh, a lot of people won't do. She is talking to the wife of one of the January 6th political prisoners. If you watch Fox News, you're not going to see anything like that. Newsmax, maybe, I don't know. I recently found out that our satellite system um, deleted one American news. So we're going to delete them. Anyway, Emerald Robinson uh, with Ryan Nichols' wife, and this is rough. 
I know it's unbelievable. I, I, I talked a little bit about, you know, the circumstances that your husband is in and this in solitary confinement, but can, can you just tell our audience first off, how, how is Ryan doing right now? Ryan is not doing very well. Um, he has been in prolonged solitary confinement for over 16 plus months in torturous conditions. He has not been able to view his discovery. He has been denied access um, to worship, to nutritional food. He has not had a haircut in over a year, and he has not been able to see the light of sunlight. Uh, but worst of all, he's not been able to see his children um, at all due to COVID. And these are extreme torturous conditions that no American citizen should have to endure, especially a Marine veteran that served his country honorably. My husband has no criminal history. He's not been convicted of any crime, and he is a pre-trial detainee that is being denied his constitutional rights. It is disgusting what is happening to my husband. And I'm standing up for all the women that are feared for their lives and fear for their family to do so, to awaken America, to know the truth about what is happening in the country that we once knew. Um, very few people in the media want to speak up for our political prisoners. Um, I do because my mom and dad taught me do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And even as you've done unto the least of these, you've done unto me. Ryan Nichols' wife, Bonnie Nichols. Again, speaking with, uh, the great reporter Emerald Robinson. Here's a. Here's another clip. It's unbelievable. I, I'm looking at these pictures of your husband, and it's it's absolutely heartbreaking. You have two small children, and like you said, he served his 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 country honorably. Why? What justification is the jail giving? for putting your husband and continuing to keep your husband in solitary confinement? Number one, there's no justification for anyone to endure this type of torturous, prolonged solitary confinement conditions, Emerald. Um, but they're using excuses of COVID as to why they're treating them this way. But I believe that it is for punitive reasons and political reasons. And she's right. And she's right. Now, I do this show from uh, the state of Arkansas. Like every other state, we have uh, two United States senators. As far as United States representatives, some have more, some have less. We have four. None of the six people we send to Washington will say a word about the January 6th political prisoners. Which takes me back to a contention I had yesterday. Most of the Republican establishment hates their base. They hate people like you and me. They're embarrassed by people like you and me. They don't want to have anything to do with people like you and me. Whenever election time rolls around, they'll pretend that we have the same concerns, but we don't. 
but we absolutely, positively do not. So, there's a lot of stuff I talk about that that they wish you didn't know. Here's CBS News reporting that people who are boosted, people who got vaccinated and then got boosted, are more likely to get COVID. What? Turning out a recent data from the CDC on COVID-19 booster shots and breakthrough infections. These stats from April 23rd of this year show boosted Americans are catching COVID at nearly double the rate of those who have not been boosted. You hear that anywhere else? I I don't know. You know, I I, I don't listen to the radio anymore. You know? I'm all about 24-7 trying to prepare for this show to bring you the truth. I, I don't, I can't listen to the radio anymore. I've just got my nose to the grindstone trying to do this. So I don't know if anybody's talked about this on the radio. I have no idea. Now we talked yesterday about a murder in Akron, Ohio, at a school that is financed by LeBron James. 17-year-old kid beat to death. Beat to death. Allegedly by 19, 20, 21-year-olds. You haven't heard about it unless you heard yesterday's podcast, for two reasons. One is, guns were not involved, so it doesn't fit the template of the mainstream media. And two is, the ethnicity of the victim and the alleged perpetrators. The deceased happens to be white, the, the alleged perpetrators happen to be black. So that also doesn't fit the the narrative. It's not helpful to the mainstream media, you know. If for whatever reason, good or bad, a white cop shoots a black person, then that's helpful to the mainstream media to push their narrative of this being a big old racist country. But a story about three black adults allegedly beating to death a white child, 17-year-old kid, that's not helpful to the mainstream media, which wants us to hate each other based on ethnicity. They're always fomenting racism. Don't fall for it. Anyway, Jack Posobiec over at uh, Human Events has a plaintiff plea to LeBron James. What's incredibly interesting to me is LeBron James, I'll give him credit. 
He's put up a couple of tweets on this. He's mentioned it. But LeBron James, who's a guy that is usually leading the charge for social issues, LeBron James, who's always demanding justice for this thing or that thing that he needs in society, LeBron James, who won't say anything about the CCP and the Uyghur camps, no, 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 telling people they should pipe down when they talk about the Uyghur camps. This is your school, sir. This is a school that you fund. You just, he just visited it like a week ago. He was there. And so the question is, Mr. James, why is this taking place on the confines of your school? Guess what? And I love the media was trying to do the thing. They were trying to play this game early on in it where they say it was near the school. It wasn't, it wasn't in the school. It was near the school. It was at the school, right? Guess what? The basketball court, the parking lot, that's part of the school. That's on school grounds. Everybody knows that phrase. It's on school grounds. And so should I say that LeBron James needs to be held accountable for this? No, of course not. Is he to blame for this? No, of course not. But what I am saying, though, is that he's been awfully quiet about the beating death of Ethan Liming, 17-year-old kid, obviously goofing around, but the fact that he was assaulted, beaten, and killed by these individuals, and it really flies in the face of everything we've been talking about in this country, keeping schools safe, keeping communities safe, keeping society safe. And so, Mr. James, this is an opportunity for you. This is, I, I mean this seriously, I mean it in all sincerity. Stand up and show that you're not going to play politics demand justice in this case the same way you demand justice everywhere else hope he does hope he does we'll see we'll see what happens now i said i was going to have an update on uh, voter fraud did you know that back in january of 2005 when so many Democrats were challenging the electors that were selected for George W. Bush, some Democrats in the U.S. Congress, Senate and House, were complaining about voter irregularities, vote fraud, Voting machines? Here's then United States Senator from Illinois, Barack Obama. That in a circumstance in which too many voters have stood in long lines for hours, in which too many voters have cast votes on machines that jam or malfunction or suck the votes without a trace, in which too many voters try to register to vote only discover that their names don't appear on the rolls. Really? Because this is a guy who would tell you about um, 2020. It was the most secure election in our history. Really? Why? Why? Again, Obama, January 2005. As a voter, as a citizen of Illinois, uh, four years ago, were troubling evidence of the fact that not every vote was being counted. Uh, And I think that it is unfortunate four years later that we continue to see circumstances in which people who believe that they have the right to vote, who show up at the polls, 
still continue to confront the sort of problems that have been documented as taking place, not just in Ohio, but in places all across the country. Documented all over the country, huh? But, 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 we're supposed to believe that everything was cool in 2020, right? Argonne Senator Ron Wyden. Now, in the name of justice, when hundreds of thousands of Americans feel that they've been disenfranchised, I do not think their concerns ought to be swept under the rug. Credible journalists have now documented voting irregularities across the country. Voting irregularities that ought to trouble every member of the body. These credible reports come from North Carolina, from Indiana, from the state of Washington, from the state of Florida, and the state of Ohio. Wow. So how come everything was cool in 2020 then? Know what I'm saying? What what changed? Then Democrat Senator from Michigan, Debbie Stabenow. Electronic voting machines had problems. Some machines malfunctioned, causing votes to be counted more than once, or not at all. Everyone who has used a computer at home or at work knows that even saved data can be lost. Yet most electronic voting machines do not have a paper record to back up the system. Well, y'all figured out how to use that to your advantage, didn't you? I mean, when I voted in the Republican primary in Arkansas, Tuesday, May 24th, I filled out the paper ballot, I put it into the machine, and I said, okay, now how do I make sure the machine counts it the way that I wrote it? Well, there's no, there's no, there's no, we skip the totals at 7.30 this evening. Oh, I see. I see. We'll get rid of the uh, machines then. Hillary Clinton, January 2005. Particularly Congresswoman Stephanie Tubbs-Jones in raising the objection because it does permit us to air some of these issues, something that I believe is necessary for the smooth functioning of our democracy and the integrity of the most precious right of any citizen, namely the right to vote. As we look at our election system, I think it's fair to say that there are many legitimate questions about its accuracy, about its integrity, and they're not confined to the state of Ohio. Wow. Really? Who knew? That's the same Hillary who said for four years that Trump stole it from her in, in 2016. Maxine Waters. January 20, January 2005. Anyone who can say that we have a fair election system or that this is the best that we can do, the 2004 election in Ohio and elsewhere revealed that enormous problems remain in our election systems and Look, I want to apologize for putting you through having to hear her voice. I know it's rough. 
It's rough. Bill Barr. Former Attorney General Bill Barr. About a month before the 2020 election. Talking about the problems of mail-in voting. Mail-in voting is fraud with the risk of fraud and coercion. And and until this administration, let me talk. Wolf Blitzer, CNN, trying to interrupt him. Please. Uh, and since this, since that time, there have been in the newspapers, in networks, academic studies saying it is open to fraud and coercion. The only time the narrative changed is after this administration came in. But elections that have been held with mail have found substantial fraud. Of course, now he's saying there there wasn't. No, he's he's a good party guy now. Nope, no fraud. Of course, I mean, he wouldn't let any investigations happen. Sound like he was in on it to me. That's what it sounds like. Got another for Biden. The job market is the strongest it's been since World War II, notwithstanding the inflation. I, I, I'm sorry, I can't put you through any more of those lies. He's lying. We know he's lying. He knows he's lying. He knows that we know he's lying. Outrageous. Outrageous. Peter Ducey challenges White House Press Secretary. President Biden once bragged about the stock market hitting record after record after record on my watch. How about now? Meaning the stock market. All the gains from President Biden's time in office have been wiped out. So, as you know, we're watching We're watching closely. Uh, we know families are concerned about inflation in the stock market. Uh, that is something that the president is, is really aware of. And so, look, we face global challenges. We've talked about this. Uh, this is, we're not the only country dealing uh, with what we're seeing at the moment as it relates to inflation. You know, Putin, Putin's price hike, inflation uh, coming, coming uh, out of a once-in-a-generation uh, global pandemic, all, all of those things play a factor. Actor. And, uh, and, you know, but the thing, the way that we see this is that the American people are well positioned uh, to face these challenges because of the economic historic uh, gains that we have made uh, under this president, under this president in the last 16 months. They lie with impunity. They really do. Oh, um, by the way. Before I forget, hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. Red River Your Way. The big old car dealership in the middle of the USA to believe in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice online the way you want to. And have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental United States. Today's tweet of the day is a twofer. Professor Margot Cleveland says Joe Biden says he can't remember a time when the American economy was stronger than it is today, and I, for one, completely believe him. A guy named Raj responds, my money says he can't remember what he had for lunch today. Thank you. Margot Cleveland and Raj for that two for tweet of the day. And thank you, Mitch Ward and the crew at Red River Your Way 
Freedomtruck.com, the big old car dealership that believes in freedom, including the freedom for you to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice the way you want to online. Have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the 48 contiguous United States. So uh, there was a pride event over the weekend. I'm not sure where it was, but a reporter was talking to two young girls who look like they were probably middle school age, and they're very confused, very confused. And it's heartbreaking what is being done to our children. Um, But I I do have a response to that coming up. So uh, here they are. This is about a minute 12. Um, I'm gay. (laughs) What age did you know that you were gay? Um... I think at like 10, I knew that I, I think at 10, but I wasn't like, I wasn't clear on my gender. Yeah, I, I think it, it was around like 10 as well when I, I started questioning if I was bi. And then since then it was kind of like a, a slippery slope because I kept, I was like, my bi, omni, lesbian. And then I, I kind of like came to the point and then now recently I've been like, am I pan? But then I like, I think... Now I'm starting to realize that I'm queer, but yeah, it was, it started around 10. It wasn't like fully formed, but I guess like, that's when I realized, wait, that's a possibility? Yeah. I am genderqueer, transmask, and queer. What's transmask? Transmask is like people under the non-binary umbrella identifying like, or presenting mask. Masculine? Yeah. What about you? Um, I'm trans and, uh... My sexuality is unlabeled. Um, I use he, him pronouns. Yeah, and I use he, they pronouns. They're confused little girls who are not masculine by any stretch of the imagination, but, but they've been told to say they are. So where are we? Where are we as a society? Where is the United States of America? Pastor John MacArthur has the answer. It is true that in a democracy like ours, in a republic that essentially is a democracy, where the people have the ultimate power, they will eventually destroy all those restraints. They will. That wouldn't happen necessarily in a dictatorship. It might not happen in a dictatorship where you get your hands chopped off if you steal and and you are executed if you commit adultery. If somebody rules that way, those things might not change. That is not that I'm advocating that. I'm simply saying in a democracy with sinners fighting against everything and all the power in the hands of sinners, they will eventually overthrow all the restraint. It's the nature of it. And when they do that, Romans 1 comes into play. 
the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. When they when they throw the truth away and trample it with unrighteousness, when they overrun all those boundaries and all those restraints, then Romans 1 says, God gave them up. God gave them over. So now you have a form of divine judgment kicking in. So you watch a society like ours, and you see the fight against the law of God written in the heart. What is normal? What is natural? What is sensible? What is common knowledge about what is right and what is wrong? The fight against overthrowing that. The fight against the conscience, to silence the conscience. You, you watch them fight to destroy the family every possible way they could. You watch them rebel against all the social order and social discipline and fight against biblical truth, biblical Christianity, the gospel, the true church. And when they succeed in overrunning all those restraints, then Romans 1 begins to take place and God gives them up. And how do you know that? Because it says God gave them up to sexual immorality. And then it says, and secondly, he gave them up to homosexuality, and then he gave them up to a reprobate mind. All you have to do is look at a culture and ask, have we had a sexual revolution? Have we had a homosexual revolution? Do we have a reprobate mind? Answer, of course we do. This is indicating we have not only kicked over all the restraints, and we are loose in the field of God, if you will, and he has pulled back and said, you're turned over to the consequences. Turned over the consequences of your sin. Uh, Twitter cuts it off at 2 minutes and 20 seconds. Which is where I got it from. I'm uh, just determined not to sugarcoat anything. Might want to, uh, might want to read the first chapter of Romans this evening. Give some context about what's going on in our country. All right, you've been listening to episode 173 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempier X. Well, that's the way it is. Tuesday, June 14th, 2022.